I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Q&A, our regular podcast offering from the Hindustan Times. I'm Prashant Jha, the editor, Views, of the newspaper. India has crossed 5 million cases. It's inching towards 100,000 deaths. COVID-19 has had a devastating impact on India's public health, on India's economy, on India's social structures, and in ways that we still don't know and can't really imagine on Indian politics. Last week, Parliament, for the first time, discussed COVID-19. In this edition of Q&A, I'd like to look at the government's defence of its management of the pandemic, the opposition's critique of the government's management of the pandemic, and what should come next. To begin with, what is it that the government believes? In a statement to Parliament, Health Minister Harshwardhan laid out the government's case. On the lockdown, the government believes that an early imposition of the lockdown on March 24th helped prevent hundreds of thousands of infections, millions of infections in fact, and saved thousands of lives. The government also believes that it had succeeded in ramping up India's health infrastructure, in expanding beds, in getting ventilators, in ensuring PPEs, in producing masks. It also believes that To cope with the effect of the lockdown, the government introduced welfare measures from the free distribution of ration, as well as free distribution of gas cylinders and many other steps. The government cautions that the pandemic is still here, social distancing rules have to be enforced. But overall, it gives itself a pat on the back for the lockdown, for welfare measures, for ramping up health infrastructure, for economic stimulus measures, as it calls it, and believes that with this approach, India will succeed in tackling the pandemic. What is it that the opposition believes? The opposition does not buy the government's case. In parliament, a series of opposition leaders, from the Congress's Anand Sharma, who is the deputy leader of opposition in the Rajya Sabha, to Derek O'Brien of the Trinamool Congress, to Manoj Jha of the Rashtra Janta Dal, to Ravi Prakash Verma, of Samajwadi Party to Tiruchi Seva of DMK, there were a range of leaders who critiqued the government's defence. For one, they claim that in the initial months, in January and February, even though the first case of COVID was discovered on January 30th, the government took its eyes off the ball. Many of these leaders, quite surprisingly actually, believe very strongly that hosting Donald Trump in February In Ahmedabad, Delhi, Agra was a mistake and the government was distracted with this. Their second critique is on the lockdown. While most opposition leaders don't critique the need for the lockdown, they claim that announcing the lockdown with a four-hour notice 
caused panic. There was suddenly a humanitarian crisis. That then is a third critique of the opposition, the fate of the migrant workers. Manoj of the RJD, in fact, even went to the extent of saying that there should be a national apology to migrant workers. The welfare measures that the government has taken, the opposition believes are not adequate. The fourth critique is on economic contraction. As Tiruchi Seva of the DMK said, India had one of the most stringent lockdowns in the world. It had the lowest fiscal stimulus and its GDP was the hardest hit. The opposition has asked for both a greater fiscal stimulus and a more liberal economic approach from the government with a very strong element of welfare. And finally, the opposition critiques the government on centre-state relations. As Derek O'Brien of TMC said, when the going is good, the central government takes the credit. When the going gets tough, the opposition or states ruled by non-BJP parties get the flak. This was countered, however, by Vinay Sahasrabhutte of the BJP, who suggested that all decisions taken by the central government were in consultation with the states. If we look at all these issues, from the preparations to the lockdown, to the humanitarian implications, to the economic contraction, to the general federal framework which was used to deal with the pandemic, there seems to be a wide divergence between the Treasury benches and the opposition benches in Parliament. The opposition, of course, sums up its critique by just pointing to the numbers. Five million plus cases. How is this a success? What is it that's needed next? It's important to bridge these differences between the government and the opposition. For this is not just a matter of theoretical debate. These questions, these decisions have a real-life impact. They have human and economic costs. They have policy implications. It is in this backdrop that in an editorial, the Hindustan Times this week asked for a white paper on COVID-19. An authoritative text which would outline the scale of the challenge and admittedly the unprecedented nature of the challenge, the various steps that the government has taken, but also looks at the gaps. The gaps in India's public health infrastructure the gaps in India's welfare architecture, the gaps in India's social security safety nets, the gaps in India's economic measures. This will serve as a useful guide to policymakers, to observers, as well as serve as a matter of historical record. To bridge the differences, to have a more meaningful discussion on COVID-19, which we are still living in the middle of and which shows no signs of going away, at least till a vaccine is found, which may be any time from the middle to the end of next year or even early 22. It's important for India to get it right. To get it right, let's look at what has happened in the last six months. It will be six months of the lockdown on September 25th. Let's look at the successes. Let's look at the mistakes. And let's build on it. That brings us to the end of this edition of Q&A. Please join us next week. If you have questions for us, if there are issues you would like us to engage with, please do write to us at podcasts at hindustantimes.com. For those of you who are on social media, we are on social media too, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at HD Smartcasts. Till next week, stay safe. Thank you. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. 
I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.